0: Hey, Matt here, just wanted to let you know a little bit about 1in10, their fantastic organization who up an at-risk community through youth groups, housing, education, wellness, and leadership. For more information, go to 1in10.org. Welcome to The Outhouse.
1: It's like a confessional.
0: But without all the touching. We're your hosts.
1: I'm Erin. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. Oh. And-
0: Okay, but that's not what we're That's doing not
1: here. what we're here for. So what are we here for? What's your name?
0: My name is Matt.
1: And I'm Erin.
0: What we're doing here is we're having a podcast where uh, we introduce others and ourselves. We'll start with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we tell our coming out stories and everything that went with it. Feelings, emotions. I guess that's kind of the same thing. Um, huh. And what was happening during that time. The reason we're doing that is to hopefully help someone else. Who is coming through the same process. Correct. Or just to foster a better feeling and reduce some stigma. Yep. Also to provide
1: community to those who may not have a community at, at hand. There are places in the country, there are regions in the country where gay men or lesbian women or transgender people, whatever the case may be, might live. But it could be so rural that they don't have anybody to talk to or to connect to us so hopefully this podcast provides an opportunity for them to do that yes what's the name of our podcast
0: it is called the outhouse
1: the outhouse That's and that right. is two words yep it's two words well three words if you include well, the. the
0: so we're gonna start with your coming out yeah all right do you want to kind of set the scene and give us some dates and age of the story
1: sure so i was 15 years old when I realized I was a lesbian
0: okay
1: um that was over 20 years ago now I was a sophomore in high school but I didn't actually so I think there are different levels of coming out so the coming out story I'm going to tell is the coming out moment I had that was the most difficult which was to my parents okay and that happened when I was 16 so not long after I discovered that I was a lesbian.
0: Like a full year or a couple months?
1: Months, probably. So I started dating my first girlfriend September or October of when I was 15. So what was that, 1996? Okay. And then then I distinctly remember actually coming out to my mom the following March because my older sister was out of town for her 18th birthday. Okay. And I really wanted her to be there for her support. So,
0: okay. And uh, so, was this a like a forced coming out?
1: Yes, it was forced. Okay, so yep. this
0: wasn't of your choosing. This was kind of like a.
1: I was confronted with it. Yep. Pretty. Uh, all right. Pretty abruptly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think we'll get into that. Yep, we will. Do you want to share a location, or is that kind of an anonymous type of item?
1: Uh, location like uh, just in general. We, we were in my bedroom.
0: Okay. Yep. So it was in your bedroom? It was in my bedroom. So... In the house I
1: grew up in, yeah.
0: Did you get caught in the act? No, thankfully. Okay. <laughs> but I did not
1: have a lock on my bedroom door, and so there was always this fear when my, quote, best friend would come spend the night that we could be walked in on. Oh. Yeah.
0: Did that make it better, though? Like, more...
1: It was exciting, yeah. yeah. We definitely did a lot of, like, making out directly behind the door so that if <laughs> if the door opened, <laughs> we, we wouldn't be seen. <laughs> it's very, very clever, right? Yeah. There, there was kind of, like, this little um, entryway into the bedroom so that when you open the door, it kind of opens up into a pocket and you're... Directly in front of you is a wall, kind of like a foyer, you know. Like
0: the other room had a closet. And yeah, yeah. So that was the wall. Yeah. Okay. Right. I get it. like Like L shape yep. entry. Exactly. Okay. How would? How did you realize you were gay?
1: Um, I realized because my legitimate at the time best friend, who was a girl named Stacy, uh, we played softball in the same league but on different teams, so we ended up becoming really good friends, and we'd spend the night at each other's house all the time and I just remember you know like playing with Stacy's hair when she'd be in my room and I had a tv in there so we'd like watch tv at all hours of the night and play with each other's hair or whatever and I could just sense this like this kind of feels a little interesting like my body feels tingly what's going on here I don't know right. I don't know is this just a friendship or is there something more here but I never really explored that thought more. I just, I guess I never actually realized that was happening until after the realization came.
0: Uh, was there a, a reason why you didn't explore it? Were you, was there something holding you back from exploring it?
1: I just think I was detached from the feelings that were happening. You know, like, I just, uh, I don't think that I was able to comprehend what was happening. And so, I okay. didn't realize something needed to be explored, if that 15, makes
0: sense. 15, 16, that's understandable. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things happening at that
1: age. Right, yeah. Ultimately, what ended up happening is after a softball game, a uh, tournament, actually, uh, we were hanging out, watching other teams play, Stacy and I. And so, side note, my coaches, one of which is also my aunt, are lesbians okay? And uh, and the other coach is her best friend, and so you know, I had grown up knowing that they were lesbians since I was like eight years old. I think I realized they were. Stacy had commented that she felt very similar to Dee Dee and Mo. Those are their names. So auntie.
0: she kind of gave you a verbal clue.
1: Yeah, she was. So yeah, I vividly remember sitting. It was like the sun was starting to set. We were sitting on this grassy hill. She was sitting on a bucket that was turned upside down, as you do when you play softball. Right. That's what, what you sit on. And uh, she just was telling me that she could relate a lot to Mo and Dee, Dee and sort of, like, beating around the bush about it. And then she eventually just came out and said, I'm a lesbian, Aaron, and, and I, I really like you. And then immediately I was like, oh, I think me too. I think oh, maybe that's what I've been feeling, you know, sort of thing. I just, it immediately made sense to me. I really didn't have to spend a lot of time thinking about the preceding months in that moment, if that makes sense.
0: So a lot of things came together. And at some point, somebody had to say something and then, or when somebody said something, Mm -hmm. it all started to click.
1: Yep, exactly. Yes.
0: What do you do at that point when you realize, you're like, oh, oh.
1: Ooh, something more is going on here. Uh, then we were attached at the hip. I mean, we spent every waking moment together. Uh, if we weren't in each other's physical presence, mm-hmm. we were on the phone with one another. Uh, and then it wasn't even like we really just said, okay, let's be girlfriends. We just transitioned from being best friends immediately into being together.
0: At some point, did you have that conversation like, hey, are we
1: No, there was no question. I mean, it was... Evident that we considered each other girlfriends. Okay. Yeah. And then, actually, at one point, not long after that, she had gone out of town. I think it was still in Arizona, but still a, quite a distance away. And this was before Facebook and before AOL and before all that <laughs> stuff. And so she would uh, mail me handwritten letters with like confetti inside of it and with perfume sprayed all over it. I mean, I would get a letter like three or four times a week from her, which was amazing. And I kept them all until I met my wife. And then I threw it all out. But yeah, no, there, saw... all, there was a lot of attachment to those letters, you know? Because well, a lot that... of things happen there. Um, okay, so. So I think that these are kind of clues, you know, to my family. I'm not looking at it that way that they're. But they were making seeing this. They're seeing that we're.
0: Well, and then they have relatives who are lesbian. Yep. So this is not unfamiliar to them.
1: No, I mean.
0: How did they treat your aunts?
1: Yep. Yeah, uh huh. Um, just like it, totally normal. It was no mean, big just, deal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really ever talked about. You know, it wasn't something that my immediate family immediate family got together on and said. You know, let's talk about Mo being a lesbian and. What do you think about that? It was just, it was a known fact, and that was that, and we didn't care.
0: It was almost a non-issue.
1: Yeah, it was a non-issue. Okay. That's true. Wow. On my, so my aunt, that's my stepdad's side of the family, but my parents have been married for so long that, you know, she's just my aunt. And then um, my mom has a cousin who's gay. Uh, My biological dad has a cousin who's gay. His sister, my aunt, is also a lesbian. And those two are actually my godparents. So my godparents both turned out to be gay. Pretty funny. It is. <laughs> yeah, my family's just full of wow, the gays. Wow, that's impressive. That's
0: a, uh, that's a lot of gay people.
1: Yeah, a lot of gay people. But it was never anything that we discussed, you know, okay. with my mom or my dad. So
0: so let's get to the confrontation. Or yeah, the
1: confrontation. Yep.
0: The exposure. Okay. The out story. Let's do it. So how did that happen?
1: So like I said... You know, I was getting these letters, and Stacy was spending the night all the time, or I was going over there all the time. Um, of course, we had some fights, and so I was, I think for the first time, extremely emotional over this, in my parents' eyes, best friend that I had. and But, you know, for me, I was devastated because my girlfriend had broken up with me for some other girl, and it was just a very traumatic time in my life, and I started getting kind of depressed, and so, um, but at school I had told a couple people I'd come out to a couple people in school Okay. and then I started hearing rumors around school, uh, over the next couple months. One of the people that I was terrified to have find out was another girl that I played softball with in high school. And I thought that she would just terrorize me if she ever found out that I was gay okay. and So um, we we had a softball game that afternoon, my parents never missed a softball game. And I never missed a softball game. And I always played every inning of every game. And on this particular day, the very person that I was terrified would find out that I was a lesbian on my softball team confronted me about it right before the game. And I just lost my shit. I was just sobbing and sobbing and I couldn't function during the game. So I ended up getting pulled out of the game. When we left, my mom was like, what is going on with you? Why are you so upset? And so I told her a (laughs) half-truth. I told her, well, there's just a lot of rumors going around school that I'm a lesbian. And my mom was like, who cares? People are just talking, and it's no big deal. If you know it's not true, then don't worry about it. And of course, under my breath, I'm like, oh, it's true. You know, but I didn't, I didn't confirm it in that moment. I just sort of remained in this like really depressed emotional state for a few weeks.
0: A few weeks?
1: Yeah, a few weeks. I just was really... So there was no
0: follow-up from your mom?
1: No, I mean, she thought, well, from my perspective, she thought that I was just being ridiculously emotional and who cares. But I think because it lasted so long and then she started putting two and two together... She finally was like, wait a minute. So I'm in my bedroom one weekend. I'm folding laundry. My mom comes in and sits down on my bed and is like, hey, can we talk? Yeah, sure. And then she's like, so just, I mean, this was so out of the blue, but my aunt's girlfriend's name at the time was Yvonne. So my mom says, "Um, you know, what do you think of Mona Yvonne? just the majority of gay people that I know lesbian or gay men or whatever just we I don't know we have this natural inclination towards comedy I think it could be a coping mechanism I don't know so (laughs) of course moan of honor fun and they're funny and so I say you know oh they're hilarious I think they're great I love hanging out with them and my mom immediately says well what, what about them being gay that doesn't bother you and I'm like no I think it's great good for them And then she goes, so do you think you're gay? And I'm like, yes! I just, like, blurted it out. And then both of us immediately start sobbing. And she's like, how can you possibly know that? You're so young. And I'm like, I don't know, I just know. I haven't thought about how I know, I just know. And she's like, well, that's not normal. And I said well, so if I'm in a relationship with a man and we get married and I have children with him, but I'm miserable and I'm never in love and I'm unhappy in my marriage, do you think that's normal? And she was like, well,
0: no. So you were able to, to come up with that argument right there. Yeah. See, oh, my God. I was I was much older when I came out, but there's no way I could have. I just I, I wouldn't be able to have that kind of understanding of, of what I was going through.
1: Yeah, I don't know... Where that came from, but I will say that I did a lot of writing about it because, okay. uh, like I said, I had only told two people in school, one of who I knew I could trust. The other was a little sketchy, and I'm sure that's how word traveled. But so I did a lot of writing about it because I really had no other outlet.
0: So uh, I'm glad you bring that up because I, I feel like I, I wonder if a common element is there's a preparation phase. Yeah, like there's a realization. Mm-hmm and then there's okay so if if i am coming out this is a potential possibility of what would happen
1: yeah right go through so all the scenarios yes. yeah in your head what happens if they say this or yeah those so of you, things so you you
0: prepared by well thinking about it obviously but yeah. then the the writings and yeah. what else did you do anything else to kind of prepare yourself uh-huh. and what were you willing what did you expect to happen and what were you willing to bear
1: I honestly had no idea what to expect because like I said, you know, I have gay family members and it was a Mm non-issue for my family. So I wasn't sure if it would be received well or poorly. I had no idea. I wasn't obviously ready to tell her because it wasn't on my terms. It was on her terms. She confronted me. So uh, I don't know what I was willing to bear. I guess in that moment I was willing to just accept whatever happened as a result of that since I blurted yes out.
0: I, I think it's great that you and your mom had the ability to have that conversation. Yeah, the, that there is communication. That was, it was okay to to do those things. Right. That, that was. That's a nice part of the Yeah,
1: story, I, I mean, think. yeah, I mean, to that extent, I knew that she wasn't going to abandon me. You mm-hmm. know, I knew that I would still have somewhere to live and that she would still love me. But, but I was terrified that our relationship would be compromised. So. If okay. that makes sense cuz you yeah, know Absolutely. There are tons of people out there who have been completely abandoned by their family. So yeah. at least I knew that wasn't going to happen, which was good. But lots of things still happened that weren't good. So
0: So bringing that up, what was some of the fallout? So I'm sorry, were you finished with the yeah. I mean, what happened with you and your mom after sobbing and
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys hug it out. And, no, it was you know? just a really uncomfortable she just sort of left and I stayed in my room and sobbed, and for the next two or three years, we just really... Two
0: or three years? Yeah.
1: It was just really awkward in the house. A lot of tension. I was in my bedroom with the door closed a lot, walking on eggshells. Uh, we used to be that family that would sit around the dinner table every night and talk about our day, and it turned into just silence. You know, Nobody was really talking. and
0: So that very night, you guys separated. Mm-hmm. Was there a family dinner that night?
1: I cannot remember, I have okay. no recollection of, I actually, I wrote that down actually, that I have no recollection of the immediate aftermath, just just a memory of sort of the general fallout that happened over the next several years. So she would ask me questions like, so do you want to be a boy now? Are you going to cut all your <laughs> hair off? And, and just, you know, for the sake of the listeners, I had long hair and still dressed fairly femininely and... I didn't have any desire to appear to be a man or anything of that nature. So there were just a lot of stereotypes in her head and assumptions mm-hmm. that she had that suddenly I was going to start shaving my head and dressing in men's clothing and trying to be a boy. I don't know.
0: Okay. What do you think your mom's fears were other than those? Uh, Why was she so well, upset?
1: Well, think? I think that she was embarrassed about what her friends and like her parents, my grandparents and other family members might think of her okay. that she failed as a parent to raise me to be uh, I think it in her eyes it was an unhealthy sort of path in life for me like she she felt that it was a deviant sort of thing. She's very religious. My family is very religious. Okay, I was going to yeah. ask mm-hmm. like
0: a 1 through 10 how religious.
1: Yeah, 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 10. 10. 10. Yeah.
0: Like Catholic family. I mean, at
1: the, yeah, kind of. They're not Catholic. They're, yeah, they're uh, Lutheran, but they all are completely involved in the church in significant ways. So, you know, for example, my sister is the pastor's assistant, and the the churches they go to also has a private school, and so my mom works there part time helping with. The private school and my younger sister went to school there. My niece is currently going to school there. My dad's on the board there. They all run their own Bible study groups for whatever.
0: So they're really into. They're
1: this. really into church.
0: So yes. uh, I'm not familiar with Lutherans, but yeah. where are they? Like, I know Episcopalians are a little bit more
1: They're a little bit accepting. more flexible, yeah. So, uh, their particular church, our pastor, is amazing. I mean, I've been there multiple times, and everybody knows me, and I know them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they are, they treat me completely fine, you know. They never shunt me or anything like that, so... The church they go to in particular, I'm not too familiar with what Lutherans believe, to be honest with you, but okay. their church in particular is very accepting of everybody. So okay. so that's good, at least, except at the time, that is not the church they attended. Okay. So uh, they were Methodists at the time, and they were more, you know, the Bible says that if you're homosexual, you're going to hell. So I received that message a lot.
0: So this also was, this was mid-90s?
1: Mid nineties. Yep. Mid
0: nineties. So things had started to change, but it's still not enough. Right. So I okay, I get that. At least it wasn't the eighties or earlier. Yeah. That would have been brutal.
1: It could have been bad. I okay, mean, so back to your mother's
0: fear. So people would think. Yeah. She would think less of her. Think
1: less of her. Think that she was a bad parent. Um,
0: I and think being so involved in the church, I can understand they they would. I mean, that's a big chunk of their life, and yeah. this is uh, okay.
1: Yep. Sorry, but also with their immediate group of friends, you know, that grew up. I grew up around them, and I think that they were afraid to tell them that maybe they wouldn't associate with them anymore. Um, You know, maybe they would not invite them over for functions because they wouldn't want me to be their sort of thing. So, because they had their own children, and I just think that she had a lot of fears about that. But I also know, because we did talk from time to time, that one of her biggest fears was just my safety. She was just afraid for the life that she knew was ahead of me because of all of the discrimination and the oppression and things of that nature, that she just feared that life was going to be really hard for me, and she didn't want life to be hard for me. It had already been hard up to that point, so...
0: Did she talk to your aunts?
1: Not to my knowledge.
0: Okay. Do you think she reached out to anybody?
1: I know that she reached out to Pia Flag because I found a oh. uh, mailer <laughs> that they sent her with a bunch of information in it.
0: That's a really positive thing, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are definitely things that happened that were like, okay, she's trying to understand. But then also there was a time when she gave me a DVD in, in and like a manila envelope. I'd already moved out at this point. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of discreetly handed it to me and was like, you know, when you get a chance watch this. And so I of course I was curious. There was no indication at all whatsoever what it was. I got home and I popped it in the DVD player and it was this like seminar from um you, you remember that whole time when Anne Hesh was with Ellen and they were lesbians together and then suddenly Anne Hesh was no longer lesbian and they broke up and and she went through that whole phase. Do you remember this? DUIs and then her mom stepped in and um, she put her through conversion therapy. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. So that was the DVD I got. It was of... Uh, this was an ad
0: for conversion therapy? It wasn't an
1: ad. It was an actual recording of the seminar where Anne Heche's mom spoke and talked about her conversion therapy and it was like this organization. I pretty much didn't watch the whole thing. I was like, fuck that. And I don't know what I did with the DVD. I probably threw it out. But I was
0: going to ask if you still have it.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well my that... morbid curiosity be like, Oh I wanna watch
1: <laughs> I, it. I know, right? I'm sure you can find it on the internet somewhere, but yeah, no, I got rid of that. But that was her way of saying, like, you know, there's still hope that you can come back to this other side. Maybe you're going through a phase and oh, the phase. To, yeah.
0: Well, I don't ever fault them for that.
1: I mean it's they... a valid question.
0: It's amazing how much of this is really not so much about you, but all the people around you. It is. Um, so let's go back to that breakup for a second. Okay. Um, do you think that in any way, so that kind of perpetuated a depressed state, right. which led to how, so I'm trying to figure out how did that coincide with you telling that one person that told the other person, which led to the confrontation, yeah. which led to you being pulled out of that game?
1: Uh,. So the person that I told in school mm-hmm. was my, I mean, I didn't really have a ton of best friends in school, you know, or I was sort of that person that was socializing with everybody. I was acquaintances with everybody, but not super close to anybody, with the exception of this one girl, Mary. And um, and Mary and I used to ditch school together quite a bit, and we would meet her older sister, uh, who was, like, 20 or 21 at the time, at a pool hall. We'd play pool together. And um turns out her older sister is a lesbian, and she had the hots for me. And mm, so...
0: And you were just completely unaware? Uh, or you kind of... I know?
1: mean, so I had wondered about her, you know? Uh, she had the certain look that kind of screamed... I like chicks.
0: The shaved head, dressing like a man. Like shaved. Like your mom like feared.
1: A, yeah, kind of. Just like <laughs> the sides of her head and the back of her head were shaved. you remember that? Yes. That whole popularity thing. And then she had like this blonde hair that was still left on top that she would like slick back sort of thing. And Okay. Uh, it wasn't very attractive. But, um... But... Yeah, so I had told Mary because I suspected that her sister was a lesbian and it went over well. And for a couple months Mary didn't say a word to anybody I never heard about it so I tried it out on another friend and that friend clearly started telling other people because then people found out so uh, did I answer your question?
0: I'm not sure if I even remember the question. I
1: think you were essentially (laughs) asking like how did other people why did you tell people the people at school and
0: well no um well I did want to know about the breakup what What caused that? It may not even be a part of the coming out story, but I'm curious.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess it kind of is because I think it contributed to my behaviors that were happening, which were, I think, clues to my mom that she, that I may have something else going on that wasn't readily apparent at first, you know? Okay. Oh, so the breakup was because Stacey had a best friend prior to me that turns out She was in love with And the best friend wasn't gay though So you know It was okay for us to be together Because the best friend was never an option Mm -hmm. Until she became an option Then the best friend realized Actually in fact I am a lesbian And so Stacy Ditched me for her Uh, Yeah that was pretty heartbreaking
0: Let's dig into that if you don't mind
1: Sure Okay. let's dig into it That's the
0: morbid curiosity of (laughs) me So was this a like Did she write a long uh, perfumed card letter to you expressing how she didn't want to be with you anymore?
1: How did this happen? Or was it just like a,
0: hey, I found someone else, bye.
1: I think it was a phone conversation. I think she just told me over the phone, like, hey, I'm dating April now. So
0: she had already started.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it happened. I mean, they apparently had... Figured it out together before I was ever aware of it.
0: Do you think we can ever get her on here to
1: Stacy? <laughs> no, because you know what? So, um, I don't know, like a year ago, I was like, I wonder what Stacy's up to because I had heard that she broke up with April um, because I was actually friends with April. So I had remained friends with April. She and I ended up going to NAU together and she was okay. like my pal there. But prior to that happening, Stacy left April for a dude and had gotten pregnant by him. Oh. And so I was curious. Like, I love that phrase. Had
0: gotten pregnant.
1: Had gotten pregnant. Yeah, she got knocked up. Um, they did the they, <laughs> they did the deed, and she got knocked up. So she left April. And about a year ago, I would say I was like, I wonder what Stacy's up to. So I looked her up on Facebook. Whew, she's like a hardcore Republican. Like American flags everywhere, and just. Uh, during the presidential debates and everything, she was just cutting Hillary down like nobody's business. It was kind of scary, just looking at her Facebook page, I was like, "What the fuck? How do you go from being clearly open minded you know and lesbian to everybody's burning in hell for all of their sins and
0: okay, so it was well there's that fact yeah. i mean before you said that, I was thinking she could just be uh, a lesbian Republican
1: no she's married to a man
0: so she was just trying it out you think uh, I
1: yeah I think so okay. yeah all right
0: well and to, to say that people who are Republican are not open-minded is not necessarily the case that's true but I see what you're saying I get your yeah. point how do you go from uh, trying to be a lesbian to it what would ex, what would seem like the extreme opposite right it might be a protection mechanism. Yeah. Sometimes Maybe. when if you feel you're out of control a little bit, you institute some controls. Yes. And that sounds like a lot of controls. It
1: could be. I don't know. I now think, I'm not um,
0: studying to be a, a therapist. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would be. I would be a horrible therapist. I'm sure. Yeah. Although probably- I think this is going really well.
1: Yeah. I mean, but if you were actually a therapist, I think that your clients would annoy you if they. Stayed in the same. Yeah, maybe. Cycle of. If you're not fucking changing. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be like, dude, shit or get off the pod. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So we'll see by episode five of this podcast if <laughs>
1: if you have a if I just percentage. tire
0: of because there's some commonalities to all of our stories.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: if if I will have a solution at that point, I'm like, why don't you understand my solution? Yeah. It's it's, it's so simple.
1: Your brain clearly isn't evolved enough to fix your problem.
0: Which is ironic because my brain is not evolved. (laughs) It's it's been bashed a couple times. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Any other fallout that you want to mention related to this? Because you're right, there are many coming out stories per person. Yeah. Um, Anything else with your mom? How are you guys now?
1: So now we're great. Mom has totally turned around, and while the, the whole family is still religious, they're also what I would consider the um, a true Christian. You know, like, everybody sins. We have no right to judge one person for their behaviors versus another sort of thing, you know? Okay. Um, that loving people is the answer. And so, I mean, they... So, for those of you who are listening i'm married have been married for three and a half years now uh to my wife tasha and my family accepts her as their own my mom refers to tasha as her daughter in love and tasha calls my mom her mother in love um it's just like a cute little way, yeah. yeah a cute endearing way that they relate to one another i guess um
0: Do you think your mom realizes now that instead of having a son-in-law, she has a daughter-in-law, but it's not any... I mean, it's different, but it's not less. Like, her vision of your life, Mm -hmm. while it has detoured, Mm -hmm. is still okay.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that, and I think that she is really proud of me and very happy for me that I've had the success that I've had in my life at this point, and... That's not to say that I haven't struggled to get here because I have, but I think that makes it even sweeter for her that I have this happy and successful marriage and we bought a house together and, you know, just we're doing what any other American couple would do, really. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. That's true. But were there any mentors or people who helped you along the way that you either want to say thanks to or... Um, Want to explain how they helped you, Ooh, or how you guys found each other to to help you in this process?
1: Yeah, that could get emotional. Good I don't word. know if I'm ready for that.
0: Well, I I thought I like you saying that your aunts.
1: Yeah, no, that would be being
0: a really good example.
1: Yeah, that would be exactly who I would give thanks to. But I mean, I would give thanks to Mo in particular and Dee Dee because she was definitely a good mentor for me. Uh, yeah, no, Mo was a huge, uh, support for me and it, it, she gave me a reprieve a lot from my house when I was a teenager after coming out because I was able to go stay there quite a bit, especially okay. since she was my softball coach, you know, we would go, uh, we played competitively, so we traveled quite a bit and I would stay at her house. So that allowed me freedom to be who I was without shame or fear or judgment or anything like that. And then she just gave me room to explore my sexuality and to be able to be comfortable with my sexual identity, you know?
0: Do you feel your house, um, growing up was, cause you said there was a lot of religious overtones, mm-hmm. um, any questions about sexuality were repressed or I don't want to lead you into this question. Yeah,
1: definitely. We never talked about things like that ever. Okay. Like, I mean, we never even had the birds and the bees conversation sort of thing, which was actually something that I teased my mom about later on, like, at least you never had to worry about me getting knocked up. Right? You know, so my biological dad was an irresponsible human being, and he exposed my older sister and I to a lot of inappropriate things that we should have never seen. Like, I was looking at pornography when I was five years old, you know? Mm. So, and I think that my mom was aware of that. So, I don't think that she felt that we needed to be educated on these things. I'm pretty sure she knew that we were already well aware.
0: Okay, so I have a couple of questions along that line of, do you think that influenced you later? This, this is going to get into the genetic versus yeah. nurture. Nature versus nurture? Nature
1: nur- versus nurture, yeah.
0: So do you think your dad's inappropriateness somehow led to you... Becoming gay? Well, yeah, but not... I don't want to be so blunt like that was the destination you were heading to. And then also... I hear a lot of cri- criticism back in the day of uh, lesbians recruiting. Yeah. So, do you ever feel you were recruited?
1: Always. I mean, we just got recruited up the wazoo. No. Okay. I don't think I was recruited. I mean, I could see how somebody might perceive it that way based off of my coming out story where I came out to myself, where I realized, you know, mm-hmm. Stacy told me that she was a lesbian and then, oh, me too, sort of thing. But... But it stuck, you know. It wasn't like.
0: But I it just doesn't explore. seem like she shared something about herself. Yeah. But then she didn't try and manipulate you no. in any way to Mm-mm. say, "Oh, well, the feelings that you have, oh, you must be a lesbian." You must,
1: as yeah. Well. No, there was nothing like that. Okay. So, um, no, there was no recruitment going on anywhere.
0: Oh, I, I forgot. I did have one more. Oh. Not to catch you up. I'm sorry. Um oh,
1: rude.
0: But now, having told your story to us. Hmm. What are you hoping somebody will get from this?
1: Oh, so actually, if I can go into more detail. Yeah. So just so the listeners know, this was sort of an idea that I had kind of come up with um, after listening to podcasts myself and thinking about how great it would be for people to have a place to go to share their coming out stories. And so then I shared my ideas with Matt and asked him if he wanted to join me since Matt is pretty funny as you'll learn throughout the years. Just not this episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely not this episode. Pretty much a bore.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was a little serious. Yeah, you're pretty serious. Well, I was trying to stay on topic. but We'll him. just wait
1: until you tell your story. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, while I was coming up with this concept, one of my main goals was, to, my hope is that there are adults out there and maybe teenagers who have yet to come out or who have come out and are being bullied or have been abandoned by their families who might be contemplating suicide or just feel really down and out and to know that um that there are people out here who care about you and who want you to know that you're loved and that you can reach out to us and talk to us if you need to if you need support so uh, i really just would like to inspire others to accept who they are for themselves and I don't
0: know. Does that make sense? It does. It does.
1: So I hope my story helps.
0: I am hoping to let people know that it's no big deal.
1: Yeah. It's not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal that you might be...
0: It's your big deal, but it's also everybody else's big deal.
1: Right. We're in this together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and hopefully you'll start to see or hear uh, common threads... And if you haven't already and you're thinking about it, um, maybe somebody has already gone through this and has made it easier. Because I have to say, not getting into my story yet, I have to give props to everybody who's ever come out before me. Yeah. Because what they've done is kind of trailblaze and made it super easy in comparison to some of the stuff that I've heard. Could you imagine doing this in the 50s? Not
1: even a little bit. No. I mean, I've talked to Tasha about this before, and I've said flat out, like, I don't know if I could have been in existence before the 70s or 80s even, you know, because to to go through this process then, I don't know if I would have had the backbone to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's scary. And and I came out during a time that acceptance kind of sort started growing more and more. Mm-hmm. So, Me too. I just I don't think I would have been able to do it. I would have made the worst straight person.
0: Yeah.
1: I might have just been asexual for the rest of my life, honestly.
0: Well, you know. Emily Dixonson and all.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. Do you know that you said Dixenson?
0: Dixon?
1: I think that your brain went somewhere else.
0: <laughs> I think halfway through Dicks-insen. the name I was like, is that the right name?
1: Maybe we should call it Dixonson.
0: Dixon things. No.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. All right. So... So you want to call this a, an episode?
1: Yeah, let's call this an episode.
0: <laughs> for all those non-existent listeners yet, thank
1: you. Yes, thank you for listening. And we'll have another episode out next week. Sure. Hey, everybody. Matt and I just want to say a quick thanks for listening. And don't forget to tune in next week where we're going to listen to another person's coming out story. I
0: can't wait. <laughs> So uh, if you want to email us, you can do that at theouthousepodcast at gmail.com.
1: We have a closed group on Facebook. You can search for us by Facebook searching The Outhouse Podcast to find us.
0: You can also find us on the Twitter and the Instagram.
1: Under The Outhouse Podcast. I
0: think you guys get that by now.
1: Yep. Everything is that.
0: Uh, don't forget to uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, tombs.
1: God damn it! we were doing so (laughs) good. We got it. We got it.
0: If you know someone who would like this podcast, please let them know.